Welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirshen. I'm Jesse Case. And I am Andy Wood. How's everyone doing out there? We're snowed in, Andy. Yeah, <laughs> Jess, Jesse snowed in. Well, let, let's introduce our guest and then we can yeah. discuss various transport woes and travel woes because <laughs> Leah and I had a time of it a few days ago. But <laughs> this is a hilarious comic. Uh, Brought brought up comedically in New York, but now now joining us on the West Coast, also the host of the Were You Raised by Wolves Etiquette podcast, Leah Vonema. How's it going, Leah? Oh, I'm delighted to be here. Thrilled to be here. Um, yeah, we 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 gigged in. God, where even was it? I can't even remember the Nipomo. name of the town now. That's right, Nipomo, which is past Santa Barbara, almost at San Luis Obispo, and what I've we, never we, heard of this place, Nipomo. Yeah, you, there's no reason why you would have done unless you were doing a gig there on last Friday night when I guess it was a week ago. It was exactly a week ago now. It was very pretty. They they have, it's a beautiful area. It's a beautiful area. It's a beautiful uh, drive. This, this seems like one of those uh, ghost train things where some where you guys find out like Napomo, why that was nuked fifty years ago. <laughs> why yeah, why there hasn't been a comedy show there since the boom of '86. Um. Yeah, but it was Leah uh, and me, along with friend of the show, Danny Jollis. And oh, nice. yeah, uh, it would have been nice had we not taken my car rather than the uh, any, either of the other oh. two cars, which decided to stop working somewhere around Oxnard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, we managed to, we, ha- we had a whole jet. I'm, I'm very proud of us. We managed to, we made it work. We emergency rented a car. Whoa. Well, first, Matt uh, successfully piloted the car into a parking lot, which I thought was very impressive. Thank you. Well, it was chugging away and the engine chugging. light was on and it was making some very unsavory noises. You remained um, calm. The parking lot, which, by the way, Danny recognized as the parking lot of the Levity Live Oxnard Comedy Club. It's in one of those <laughs> malls that had, we were parked outside the Whole Foods, but... Danny was like, yeah, the comedy club is just on the other side of that building. So on the way back, while I was waiting for AAA to show up to, t- to tow me home, I went in and watched Angela Johnson close out the show and uh, hang around you- with Mal Hall, who's, uh, who was opening for her. So we had a... It, uh, there were worse pla- a different place? You just you your car broke down at a different comedy yes. club? Yeah, we, we, oh, we were not performing yes. in a comedy club. Let's make that clear. Oh, yeah, no, we were... <laughs> <laughs> Guys, there is no p- comedy club in Napomo, California. <laughs> we w- we were performing in I don't even know what the place was. That was a, a retirement community. No. That's right. Well, uh, actually, yes. that one I, I looked it up. It, unlike some of the gigs run by the same promoter, shout out to Jason Love and his w- bizarre network of shows all over California, keeping but, us all and, on stage. I appreciate it, Jason. Absolutely, but he has got some gigs that are in specifically 55 and up communities but this one i checked is open to all ages although you wouldn't know to look out to the, look out to the audience because it definitely it was it skewed older i i talked about pickleball on stage and that went down a treat murdered oh. murdered nice. it was a very very room specific material i think we all know that the more specific a joke is to the room the more uh the harder it can hit and wh- wow was that in their wheelhouse <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, yeah, it was great. We we all had fun gigs after a weird journey. All three of us riffed on stage about the journey we had here, and then had people afterwards going, "Was that real? Was that true?" Like, yeah, no, we 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 all conspire to make right. up a story about my car breaking down in Oxnard <laughs> for the sake of the show. And now we all have to tour together in perpetuity yeah, well, because of- it works. And yeah. Well, having said that, I, I think people sometimes think that anyway. I mean, Lee, you must have found this sometimes where you're on a mixed bill on like an out of town one nighter and the number of times people come up afterwards and go, so you three all travel around together? Like, no, we've, I've never met this person before in my <laughs> life. <laughs> oh yeah. Or if you're at a club and people come up and be like, so you're here all the time? And you're like, no, I, nope. <laughs> <laughs> So you live in the basement? Yeah, I'm not yeah. a part of the furnishings, but I appreciate I appreciate you being interested. Did you not notice the various posters and <laughs> advertisings for multiple other people who are coming throughout the rest of the year? So I want to know more about the actual breakdown, though. So was anybody in the car uh, a gearhead or even able to look under the hood and be like, ah, see... I suggested we look under the hood, and then after I said it, I believe that I laughed hysterically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those, uh, yeah, she's in a car. Let's just say, I don't think it was the most alpha male of vehicles. Okay. Uh, With me me and Danny and Leah in the car, and yeah, we were sort of, I don't know, I would have believed as a... As an East Coast Italian woman, you have a kind of... I mean, I've seen my cousin Vinny. I, sure. I thought you might have sure. grown up center. in... Yeah, exactly. Something. I can center. change a tire, but on, okay. growing up in Maine, you have to... At least when I was growing up, I don't know if it's true anymore. You had to be able to change a tire on the side of the road as part of your driver's ed course. Which mm, I don't okay. think in other states you have to change your own tires. That's so Maine. And, uh, you know, I can fill your oil and your, your windshield wiper fluid. And after that... I'm just going to point at something and go, that doesn't look good. Yeah. Well, it turns out it was it was the spark plugs and mm, uh, that's, that's a tough one to uh... spark plugs and coils. And that's definitely not something you can do as a roadside fix. Well, maybe maybe you can if you're particularly skilled and you can rig up something with a wire coat. hanger. I don't know. I don't even know what spark plugs look like. But, but I think, I'm I, pretty I, think sure I know you... what they look like from just anthropomorphic spark plugs on a company's on like a mechanics uh, sign or something, you know. You never seen a spark plug with like arms and eyes telling you to come into this auto. Come in shop and or? check your stuff. Yeah. 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 So, so I pro- I guess I'd be looking for the thing with arms. Right. It's, it, it's also it's weird how easy a lot of uh, car mechanic stuff is just if you have any of the right tools. Like like changing a tire is a fucking nightmare. But it's because like your car comes with the equivalent of like the IKEA single yeah, Allen right. key. Like if, if you just have a good like jack and a th- like it, it takes it's like two quick. minutes yeah. yeah, but it's a it's a nightmare just navigating. It's like you just don't have the stuff. Yeah, That's I don't know. I'm gonna blame that for the fact that I feel like less of a man than I should be. Especially living in the desert for this long, I should have picked up some stuff like that. Like that, uh, I I feel like it's doable to know how to do to know how to change your own oil or something. You know, like that's I should be able to do that. There's, I have this weird, it's like a toxic masculinity thing where I like, I do sort of, I have a lot of like hubris with cars where like, I think I know stuff about them and I never do. Like I, I don't, but it's I can like, highly you know, recommend YouTube tutorials. There are 
for almost every right. sort of simple car repair that is within the remit of a non-professional with non-professional tools. There sure. is a video where a Hungarian man is calmly talking you through the process. Right. <laughs> yeah. By the yeah. way, Le- Leah, you mentioned um, how that that's that's so main having to learn to change your tire. Uh, I just realized how have they not like competed with the Virginia is for lovers and had a campaign f- for Maine tourism called uh, horny on Maine. How is horny that on not- Maine? Yeah, oh, that'd be, yeah, that's funny. Wouldn't that, I would buy that shirt. That's- <laughs> we should, we should write the tourist board. Yeah. yeah. First we have to explain the joke to him and then, yeah. <laughs> um, we should also explain. So while we're talking about issues right now, Jesse is a little bit more echoey than normal because he has not got his recording equipment with him because that is on the other side of a snow-packed Nashville right now. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not that bad. It's just that, like, Nashville doesn't know how to do any of this. I uh, So this morning, I went into my front yard and a work crew had come by and, and uh, you know, they put sometimes, like, little orange flags like they're working on a water line or something. And they've spray-painted the snow. And I'm like, we're not equipped for this. <laughs> like, it's going to melt, like, <laughs> immediately. And and they've just sprayed. I, I don't know, man. Yeah. We, there's, like, one snowplow here. It's horrible. It's horrible. Is that load-bearing snow? <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, uh, it's, it's like, it wouldn't be a big deal if everyone else didn't freak out. But you sort of have to freak out because you know everyone will freak out. Like, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, like... The day before the snow came, I went to the grocery store. But the only reason I had to go to the grocery store, it was, it was almost like the beginning of the pandemic where like everyone, it's it's not that you need all this stuff. It's that you know everyone else is going to take all this stuff. You know what I mean? So, so you're like, yeah. well, I have to go because there won't be bread. And if everyone just kept their cool, the city would function like normally. But like I haven't gotten mail all week. Like everything's shut down. Uh, That's so you know, here I am. Well, you sound um, good. You sound good enough for our purposes. Yeah. So sorry about that. Um, sorry. You know, it happens, man. Sometimes it snows an inch. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it happens. I don't know. Well, Leah, we, we like to ask our guests. Like, like, well, this is something that does happen, whether snow or not. There we go. That's a link, right? I love that. That's, sure. That's slick. Uh, we like to ask our guests before we get into the stories, what, if anything, is your background in science? And that has ranged from questions pe- oh, from uh, classes people liked or hated as kids to blowing stuff up in the woods with your friends to m- later interest in life to whatever. Um, I think that, uh, you know, embarrassingly, I think I was just not interested in science as a teenager or a young kid, although I loved nature love nature. And in my little kid mind, they were not related. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, I think it's because I related science to like the science teachers at my school who I never got on with. Um, Such a common story. And then is it because I feel like they were always this sort of linear, you know, and I'm like an all over the place person, but I, I've always loved nature and I love space. I love the space museum. Yeah, I just went to the Natural History Museum's new exhibit on space. Oh, cool! Did you ever what have a, astronaut aspirations as a kid, or not really? 
sometimes I think I would be a great astronaut. And then other times I think are, you're going to sit alone in a small area and shit in your own pants for 35 <laughs> days. I don't think so. Get, <laughs> I get rashes so way. easily. I get I really get rashes. That was I, I saw a good thread from someone who I think it was someone whose partner is a uh, works at NASA, just sort of, um, I guess, deflating the sort of billionaires asp- space aspirations. But like they're going to create a new life on Mars. Like, do you know what it, it? It was exactly that. Like, do you know what it actually involves? Live, living in living in space where you're shitting on a vacuum toilet and you your you're living in a tight tube. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just how miserable being in space is. The idea that you're sort of going to create some new utopia on Mars, when no, it's just going to be the most unpleasant life possible. I mean, uh, I also think it's like a disingenuous thing to act like we think these billionaires think it's a better or easier place to live. Like, no, they just want to explore. They, they know it's going to be harder to make that livable than just to keep the Earth livable. They're not total idiots. Like, They do, but at the same time, they are largely funding companies that are making the Earth less livable. Yeah, that doesn't mean they think that it'll be easier to make Mars livable than to keep this. Like, whatever. It's a minor point, but like, it's just like a fun dunk that I don't think any of us really believe. You know, like, yeah, I don't love them, but I also don't think they think, all right, we're going in the escape pod because it's going to be so perfect there. Like, no, they're smart enough to know how much it'll take to make that even survivable, let alone pleasant. Like, anyway, that's just my little gripe with. uh, Would you go Billion to space? Because I, I think we've talked about this before. I would ste- I would definitely take a like a short space trip for sure. I wouldn't want to live. I wouldn't want to live long term. Yeah, in space or uh Yeah, I would definitely. Mars. The older I get, the more I'm like, yeah, sign me up. Like when I was younger, I don't, I'm like, I'm not sure I could have dealt with that much solitary time. But I'm like, oh, I've proven I could deal with that much solitary time. I'll go. <laughs> sure. So in your mind, you're not with like friends taking a space trip. You're just alone in space yeah it's just moon yeah <laughs> yeah so, so wow i think i think what people imagine when matt pitches this question is very telling about us <laughs> like in your own pod i'll do it i guess sure. you're out there and you're like oh that's nice and then you're like okay ready to go back i mean yeah but can you imagine being out in space with people Ugh. Ugh, no, no thanks no. uh leah would you go to space would you be into it I mean, it would depend. Can we do Star Trek space? You know, yeah. where it's like very. I'm I'm getting teleported. It's very quickly. Mm. So I yeah, would there's a cafe. It's, like a, it's a cruise ship. Just a cruise ship where there's stars. I would be thrilled water. to be on the Enterprise in like a onesie, running along the deck um, for sure. How we're doing it now, I'm not sure. It's what I'm up for. Okay. I also love running water. Like I get. Such a kick out of showering, and I think it would be incredible to see space. We lost power over Christmas, and I forgot what the sky looks like when you have no like lights from uh, buildings. And I mean, it's incredible yeah. space, just the idea of it and all the stars. And the, but I, I love flushing a fucking toilet. You know what I mean? Right. Sure. <laughs> now, nice. are you are you ready for that to go away in our lifetime? I mean, it's quite possible. I feel like that we are 
you know, I was up in Maine for the holidays where my parents live. And, you know, when I was growing up, there was a lot of snowstorms. They had this huge rainstorm. And whoever designed the town brilliantly put the um, the electricity uh, near the river, which the river's not new. It's always been there. So <laughs> we lost electric and then the town flooded so much that the pipes broke. So then we lost power. And, you know, it was chaos. And I was like, this is just going to happen more and more. We're going to have more extreme weather patterns. You all got to get a full generator because, yeah. you know, they can be out. You got to get a little poop deck for the back. Um, yeah, I just think eventually, like, we're just going to quit using fresh water for non-drinking stuff. I think that's going to be like, like, it's like, okay, this keeps us alive if you drink it. But but like taking shits in it is going to be like ridiculous to people that we ever did that. Yeah, you but get you, a bucket, take it down to the river, dump it in the back of your toilet. Yeah, you don't, you don't think we'll crack desalination in the next couple decades and make it super cheap and fresh water will no longer maybe, be an maybe, issue? Maybe, yeah. No, maybe. But but we're still like, yeah, I think even then it will be – it will become – expensive like even even then different stuff will flow in the toilets like just because why bother just why not use reclaimed yeah it doesn't like it doesn't matter well it's just the initial the additional infrastructure of like plumbing a second set of pipes out to every house you know like it's almost like it's easier to make fresh water abundant and cheap than it is to do a second thing to every place people go to the bathroom sure but i mean i've i've Often, like I've long been a proponent for peeing and pooping outside to begin with. Oh, sure. Well, one of those two. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I think both. I think both. I think it's it's like that's just. I mean, I don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll pee outside on occasion. I don't poop outside. Uh, I've done it like once in my life. It was weird. But I think I, I, you know, I think it's what we should be doing, though. Uh, I mean, probably. not if we live in a city. Yes, that's the thing. <laughs> they did that a long time ago. Yeah, and I'm pretty showed... sure a lot of people died. Um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think in a city, like, let's do well, it. <laughs> well, we should, we should also ask. I mean, like, I mean, I live in Hollywood. It's happening. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, that's, that's it's happening. We have scientists well, Leah, you, running this experiment all the time. Yeah. We mentioned this briefly at the top of the show, but you are you are co-host of a modern etiquette podcast. Yes. Were so, you raised by wolves? Oh, I really, I really stepped in it there. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry about yeah, that. So, I, I, <laughs> I forgot who I'm talking to. I'm, uh, yeah. So what, 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 what do the uh, modern ethicists and uh, uh, behaviorists say about the taking a shit outside? etiquette of shitting outside? <laughs> yeah. Like, what do, is that something that's been raised on your? Has, has anyone raised that as a query? As you, a you know, we haven't dilemma? gotten that as a question, but I would pay money to get that as a question. Hey, I like <laughs> taking dumps outside. Is this disrespectful to my neighbors? Um, you know, I'm not the etiquette expert on the podcast. I'm obviously the comic and person who constantly puts their foot in it. But I think that <laughs> our mainline rule is if you're by yourself, it doesn't matter. It's only when things affect other people. So are you pooping out in the wild wilderness where it's not going to run into people's water and you're just refertilizing the land and you're not using like some kind of thing that won't biodegrade to wipe your asshole? I'm sorry. Can we swear on this? Yeah. Sure. Um, yes, we can. 
then have at it. I had once had a pee outside that was like, I will remember it for the rest of my life. It was so great. Um, <laughs> but if you're in a house and you're right next to your neighbors, I think it probably starts affecting other people, you know? <laughs> well, of course it affects other people. But in my scenario, it's not weird because they do it too. Everyone does it. Yeah, but you're all going well, to get sick. Yeah. With, sick Sick with what? what Poop diseases. Poop diseases. <laughs> Isn't that the know. scientific term, poop yeah. diseases? It is, yeah, know. that's I the Latin name. Little... I can't remember what it's called colloquially. You're going to yes. get it in your eye. For sure you're going to get poop in your eye, and sure. then you're going to get styes, and then you'll start having respiratory problems. I already have poop in my eye, first And they're going to be like, this, like, somebody's pooping near you. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, you're right. But what if we did it like dog style, where like you have a bag with you, you bring it back... <laughs> Yeah, every time you go for a walk, you have your own poop bag for yourself, and then you just toss it. You know, you just you just toss it. I mean, but a lot what... of people are not picking up their dog poops. Yeah, and 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 so imagine if they were also not picking up their poops. True. I mean, no. I feel like I I just made up a lot of stuff about illnesses that I don't know, but I do feel like for sure it wouldn't be healthy. No, I know um, I know it's obviously not realistic. Like I'm not like listen if if I run for office, this is the pitch, and I feel have, like you really want this, so I <laughs> I'm willing to try to find a way. But no, I think I just, that's I, how we came with porta potties. <laughs> We're all like, oh, let's all poop on top of each other's poop. Right. I just it's never made sense to me how much we when indoors was invented, I I don't know how pooping made the cut. To be an indoor activity. Really? I would put after sleeping, pooping would have been the first thing I would have put in there. For me, no way. It's like, (laughs) no, because it's like you want to poop where you sleep. That's disgusting. Cooking and eating. You do all that inside. And then it's like, oh, also, let's get some shit in there. Like, otherwise, it's it's completely just awesome and calm. And then it's like, let's also just poop in there if we we, Well, let me do a counter argument to that, which is like. (laughs) Pooping is when you were at your most vulnerable. That's what I was about to say. That's when the wolves get you. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> get your ass hanging out. There's nothing you could do. They'll come they'll come for you. But they if the wolves poop outside and then you pop it in a bag and bring it back inside. My cat <laughs> poops inside in a box that makes her think she's outside. We're all pooping in the wrong fucking spots, man. All right, you guys? Rearrange the poops. I, I did just uh, do that on a. All right, no one's no trip. one's following me. No, no one's following I love me on this the passion. <laughs> I love the passion. I will say that I I hadn't been. I've been sewed in for a week. I'm sorry. No, I just want to go outside. I don't care what gets me outside. <laughs> I took a tour in Edinburgh. Thing. Underneath, you know how they used to have. Um, it was a ghost tour. I love those. And you know they had. Uh, People were like, they built out over all the people living next to this hill. And then a part of the tour was they showed you where they threw buckets of their poop down the middle. And I was like, oh, this is not the way to live. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And it would be the same if they were all just pooping, you know, out there instead of throwing the bucket. Either or. I just don't like the idea of like poop floating by me. I just think not good. Right. I feel like uh, multiple things have happened. Um, I feel like my riff has been taken too seriously. I feel like I've turned, <laughs> I feel like I've turned everyone off. Uh, I feel like we're going to get weird mail. Um, 
I would say yeah. no. It's it's like too. It's it's so real that I'm talking about it because I do that. I pee outside every morning. That's how yeah, I start my day. Yeah, I pee outside day. all the time. Yeah. I'm not kidding because I no, have a hundred yard separation and a fence from my nearest neighbor. And then yeah. I went backpacking last month and like did did the shovel dig a little hole thing for the first time and like that was totally fine. Like it's kind of more pleasant than a porta potty. Yeah, it's very easy. And then afterwards you've cleaned up and then nature will you know do its own septic system uh so yeah i i'm 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 for it um my my question for the also i I do like the idea of like you're sort of holding a kind of mini funeral for yesterday's lunch (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah you say a few words very yeah you say a few words sometimes i i try to visit everywhere i've pooped and leave a flower Mm -hmm. um i do that once a year I think we're just being respectful to you that we would take it seriously. You know what I mean? You're like, he's passionate about pooping outside. Let's work it out. No, Leah, you're totally right. I just think, I think that at some point in the future, our refuse will be disconnected from our freshwater intake. And I'm just trying to figure out what that looks like. That's all. The thing is, is if we're all pooping outside, it will get into our freshwater is the issue. Yeah, it's not. It, it's obviously not going to be as simple as like just go take a shit in your yard. If you live in an apartment, sorry. Like it's not. It's not going to be that simple. I just think we're going to start switching it to like chemical solvents or so, something. We're like at some point we're going to disconnect this from the fresh water. Well, or, or here's here's as long as we're like thinking about what the future could bring. Star Trek kind of shit. Like maybe we get to a point where whatever it takes, combination desalination and complete decontamination that becomes a simple thing that happens at the point of entry yes. to your house. So you have one water intake to your house that is in whatever quality it comes, it doesn't matter because then once it enters right. the house, you've got a thing that can get it to the point of drinkability if it needs to or divert it to the toilets if it doesn't need to. Well, I mean, that's uh, obviously, no, that's obviously smarter and more realistic, but I like to imagine Maybe. human poop bags. Like that's mm-hmm. what, that's where I went on that. And, sure. um, you know, <laughs> That's why I'm not in charge of these things. Yeah. You know? I mean, somebody has their money invested in the poop bag makers. That's what I'm hearing from this story. Yeah. Like, Trying to I'm make not, it popular. Yeah. At no point is anyone in any position of power going to call me and ask my thoughts on this. And, <laughs> and none of this is ever going to. So, you know, we're safe. Don't worry about it. Like, I've actually, I've now walked in on um, this year, in the past year, I've walked in on two men pooping in public oh. restrooms and th- who didn't lock their doors. Um, I-, I just all of a sudden that flashed before me and I thought I should bring it up here. And yeah. I did not like it in both times. I hate when people don't lock the door and they get mad at you. They, they get mad at you. And yeah. w- one of them for sure did it on purpose. And um, uh. he made di- I made direct eye contact with him. Uh, and, you know, I uh, he then came outside and said, that happens to me all the time. Um, <laughs> and he carried with him his wet wipes. So he obviously was going to this uh, coffee shop to take dumps. And then proceeded to ask me out on a date, FYI. And um, Oh, no. I, but I also, like, I stood, <laughs> I I couldn't, you know, you can't unsee it. I will, for the rest of my life, see these two men. Put, one was from the side and one was a direct, direct forward. No. Um, yeah. 
What so it's like, guys... I don't want to see that. I just don't, no disrespect. I know we're all animals, and but um, I love to not see people shitting. Straight sure, up. sure, sure. Like, with even my outdoor pitch, I'm not pitching just public, like, uh, like everyone's just in front. It would still be rude and weird. You know what I mean? Like, to, uh, to just be going for it in front of people. Oh. Even oh. in my pitch. I'm just saying I wouldn't mind... Like a six-inch hole in every park bench. That's all I'm saying. Wouldn't mm-hmm. I? <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, how does one... I guess on one hand, I see the benefit of asking someone out after you've already gotten through the weirdest part of like a relationship, like breaking that barrier. You know what I mean? Like if you're cohabiting Yeah, like that someone. was the test. Can she stay there, maintain eye contact with me and be Can like... Can she hang? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like and that, she could hang. I was very unflapped. That, wow. That fake Marilyn Monroe quote, if you can't handle me at my opening oh, right. the door on me shitting, you don't deserve <laughs> me with clothes on not defecating. Well, I, I just mean it's like any relationship you get in the first while, and it, it, the number is different for everyone. It could be a few weeks. It could be years. But the first while of a new relationship is people pretending they don't poop or have gas ever. And then eventually you have to be like, listen... This is, we're human beings here, all right? And I'm not going to pause this movie every 10 minutes because we had nachos. Like, (laughs) (laughs) No, but you can put a blanket over yourself. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, obviously, obviously. Yes, we all know the, it doesn't matter. I I didn't mean to be so, I I really, I think this being snowed in really, it's not normally like this, Leah. I'm sorry. I'm not this. Yeah, I'm wondering how many people have made it this far in this episode. Now. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I really, like, I don't no, it really think it was is that graphic. It was just it was like a meta poop talk. It wasn't actual poop talk. Yeah, it really you know, is. It's no, it's on me, and I apologize. I, uh, <laughs> Matt's going to send me an angry text later, and I'm going to have to take out his spark plugs again. It's going to be a whole thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, Leah, do you ever? Um, uh, so, so in order to probably in order to defecate, one has to eat first. What a right. transition. Okay. Top notch. <laughs> yeah. One has to eat first. Yes, and, one has to eat first. And, you know, I don't know, uh, growing up in Maine, you know, hanging out in, uh, in what, in, in Portland, Maine or, or Bangor. Bangor. Did you ever, uh, did you, do you ever smoke uh, cannabis cigarettes? Hmm? Uh, a, I wanted to point out that Portland, Maine, and and Bangor are the big cities. Um, so sometimes I would get to go there. I have I have in my past smoked cannabis cigarettes. Well, if you did, and then you got hungry, you may have wondered why. And uh, some new research has has figured this out, you guys. Yeah, this is a story that was sent in by Holly Gabrielson of Arvada, Colorado. Thank you, Holly. Um, um, yeah, go for it, Matt. Sorry. No, 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 not at all. I just wanted to get, I just wanted to get the the attribution in there. But do, this yes. is a story from Neuroscience News. Go, take it away, Jesse. Well, researchers have uncovered how cannabis triggers appetite in the brain. Uh, this is, a, of course, a long mystery. Everyone just thought, you know, you smoke pot, you get hungry. We all know that. But using calcium imaging technology to observe brain cells in mice exposed to vaporized cannabis sativa, sativa. Uh, I'm not a cool person. Uh, the, the team the team discovered that cannabis activates specific cells in the hypothalamus associated with the anticipation and consumption of food. 
Jesse's getting ready to report himself to the police just for reading this story. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, this finding could lead to novel treatments for appetite disorders in cancer patients, anorexia, and potentially obesity. The study highlights the cannabinoid 1 receptor's role in controlling the agouti-related protein neurons. Those are essential for appetite and demonstrates that disabling these neurons negates cannabis's appetite-stimulating effects. Okay. So uh, the key facts here, cannabis exposure activates specific hypothalamus neurons related to appetite in mice. Uh, the cannabinoid receptor controls key feeding cells in the hypoth uh, hypothalamus influencing appetite and disabling those neurons prevents cannabis from stimulating appetite, offering potential therapeutic pathways or just like a pill you take before you smoke pot, you don't get the munchies. That's probably how that's going to go, right? They better have that. They better do it. Poo bags and anti-munchy pills is all I'm asking for. Well, no, I was thinking earlier, you know, uh, Leah, when you said you, you walked in on that guy and you can't unsee it, would you guys, if they came out with a pill where you could unsee something, would you do it? Like, you have to do it, let's say, within an hour. Like, within an hour of an event, you can unsee it. <laughs> I feel like that pill could have no downsides. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That's that's wait, a good call. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. What's the downside of the? Oh, oh. Someone gives it to you against your will. Uh, no. Wait. Yeah. Or yeah. any number of downsides. Yeah. Any any number of neuron fuckery things. Yeah. Yeah. Messing with your brain. Oh, okay. Yeah. That part. I thought you just meant like the use cases that would. Be... Oh, I meant all of them. I like. Okay. I, I meant there are so many. There are so many multiple reasons why this is not a good idea. Yeah, I mean, but also reasons why it's a really good, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, okay, yes. It has, like everything, it comes yeah. with the... Uh, but also, it, what if seeing a man pooping somehow altered the course of my life, and then without seeing that man pooping, I wouldn't be here with you today for whatever small choices I made differently after that. You know what I mean? I don't sure. really want to fuck with the... Uh, there is no free will, yes. Yes, sometimes you, you have to see it. Your whole life... No matter what happened, you were going to see that guy poop. <laughs> two. Two guys. Back to back. Wow. Back to back. I also have multiple. Ba I think there's just something with me in bathrooms recently in a Walmart. Um, I saw and this made me. So, it was a grandma. And I mean, grandma, grandma. Like this woman was. She was in the th triple digits and she was peeing with the door wide open and either her daughter or granddaughter was next to her sort of just apologizing to everybody walking by uh, because she was like, she just won't close doors. <laughs> and I've honestly never been it for some reason was like the sweetest thing I've ever seen. She just like wants to pee communally. I um <laughs> I don't, wow. Now I'm just sharing bathroom stories. No, I, I don't it. know how this happened, but there are there are nice things. Why is she apologize? <laughs> she shouldn't apologize. She should be like, she's earned this, everybody. <laughs> well, yeah. she didn't force her to close the door. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, someone else could close the door for her. That's true. Nobody would do it. They're like, let her have it. Well, perhaps <laughs> she had some, uh, perhaps some neurons came on that are typically not active. Oh. Guys. Maybe <laughs> that's what it is. I love a circle back. Um... John Davis, assistant professor of neuroscience at Washington State University, um, was a corresponding author on the paper. I, I mean, we've, I mean, look, come on. We've Good all, old Johnny uh, D. Well, we've all been to Seattle, and it's obvious to me they just had the weed laying around and said, let's uh, do a study. Um, yeah. 
Let's so just calcium throw it into some tables. mice's face and see how they react. <laughs> yeah, see what happens. Get out the calcium imager, guys. I, uh, <laughs> so calcium imaging is very similar to an MRI. It's been used to study the brain's reactions to food by other researchers. This is the first known study to understand them, uh, understand these features following cannabis exposure. So as part of the research, the researchers also determined that the cannabinoid 1 receptor, a known cannabis target, controlled the activity of a well-known set of feeding cells in the hypothalamus. That's called the agouti-related protein neurons. So with this information, they used a chemogenetic technique, which acts like a molecular light switch to home in on those neurons when animals were exposed to cannabis. When those neurons turned off, cannabis no longer promoted appetite. So they've, they've, they've isolated the, these proteins, these neurons that uh, make us hungry, what with the listening to jazz and such. <laughs> so pretty big deal. Is, I, do we know, is this similar to the mechanism by which uh, Ozempic works or not? Do we know if that's... Oh, that's interesting. I, I don't, don't know if I it's don't... just an appetite suppressant or what that does exactly. Though. Oh, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's... it's um, I'm getting... I'm getting... It's getting pitched to me a lot in targeted ads, which I don't like. <laughs> that make, gets me in my head about some stuff, you know? <laughs> What, does it? Do they know yet which uh, which neurons affected by cannabis are responsible for wanting to wear a hat in the color of the Jamaican flag? Uh, those that is actually. Uh, let me see here. Let's find these. Yep, that's going to be in the medio basal hypothalamus. Okay. 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 Um, yep. Huh. Yeah. I thought that um, was in the prefrontal rasta cortex. Yeah. No? The the <laughs> um so mechanistic experiments demonstrated that pharmacological activation of CB1R uh attenuated inhibitory synaptic tone onto hunger, promoting agouti related peptide neurons within the MBH. Obviously. Sure, right. This is an easy, easy paragraph to swallow there. I think we all, I think we're all following along. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's interesting. I'm glad we, I just wonder the, I wonder what we do with that info. I'm sure something related to Ozempic is what we do with it. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it seems pretty cannabinoid specific. Uh, so it's like, okay, this is activated, you know, so this is activated and then we'd have to deactivate it for some reason. So I could see like, okay, using marijuana, like if you were in a situation where the munchies are considered a bad side effect of marijuana, such as for nausea treatment, I could see this being like a uh, adjunct therapy. Right, you know? right, right. So it's just, it's not, not getting you to a place that's lower appetite than the, the, the default case. It's just negating this effect that it would have. Uh, thinking it could, so we could someday do. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe, this maybe you don't get below the default. You just can maybe find some way to not have this this effect. Yeah, yeah. I have to admit uh, for a second. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Matt. No, no, go for it. I was about to move on to a different story. So if you have oh, something on this, one. I just was looking at this picture and I was like, "That's a hundred percent AI." And looked at the credit, and the credit just says "Neuroscience News." And I started looking at other articles. 
on neurosciencenews.com. And all the photos are similar and all their credits are neuroscience news. <laughs> like, uh, I think I, I'm yep, fairly sure CNN are, yeah. has started using AI like quite a bit. I, I read a CNN article yesterday that was such a shit show. I was like, there's no way this made it through any human being. A human brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be an interesting. Be editing or yeah. what? Yeah. It's going to be a very interesting year with um, the election coming up and the new version of Office just having yeah. this built in where everybody opening Microsoft Word is going to have the option of staring at their blank page and getting to work or hitting the button. And everyone is going to start just hitting the button to start what they're doing. It's going to make things very interesting. Mm. Like chat well, GPT-4 level stuff is going to be integrated for without additional cost into Word. So suddenly right. everyone who had to otherwise go pay 20 bucks a month or go to a specific site is now in the software they use every day, being given the option, this thing can do your job for you. And suddenly everyone's going to see what they didn't see in the last year. And it's going to be very weird. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're in for weird times, you know. Um, um, we'll probably be still using the, the bathroom for it. Sure. We'll be going indoors, you know. Not as weird as take, my imagined future. I would take pet- classic. I would take special pressing a button that does that. Yo, oh my God, a poo button? I would take a pee button. I'm so sick of peeing. <laughs> like, I hate every time I do it. I'm like, this is exhausting. It never ends. Your whole life, you're just slowly draining out. I hate it. I hate it, you know? I want to go to... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You might be alone on this one. You might have lost the audience on this one. <laughs> no, I just, like, as I'm getting older, you get up more in the middle of the night and stuff, and I'm like, this mm-hmm. is horrible. I just lay there like, Fuck. You know, you can feel it coming on. You try to fall asleep before it gets too bad. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you're like, if I, maybe, I I know I'll have to go really bad in the morning, but if I could just fall asleep. It's, right. I don't know. It's, uh. You don't, uh, you don't purposely drink loads of water before going to bed, so you wake up early <laughs> and don't, and for battle? Uh, no, no, no. I don't do that. I do it for, okay. uh, skincare reasons. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's just stuff like that that makes me want to, like, uh, move to the moon, you know? Just get away from people. But we've well, never... It's, we, it's, we it's haven't funny you mention that, Jesse. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we haven't been since the 70s, Matt, so I don't breaking, even know why. Breaking news. Breaking news right now. Well, we've landed various things on there since the 70s without humans in them. But um, as we are recording right now, Japan's space agency is communicating. This is hot off the presses uh, with its uncrewed craft uh, called Moon Sniper. After it landed on the lunar surface, but uh, but apparently the solar generators aren't working. It's relying on batteries, and they're trying to fix the solar generators before the batteries run out. But that, this means Japan becomes only the fifth country to land on the moon after the U.S., uh, the former Soviet Union, China, and India. So they 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 wanted to land within a hundred meters of a location near the Shioli crater near on the near side of the moon. Scientists are still confirming if they've managed this. And India made history uh, last year when it successfully landed a spacecraft near the South Pole of the Moon. So there we go. They also, I don't, I did see, this is one of those BBC breaking things where there's like updates every 20 minutes. And I don't know whether, one of them says that they don't know whether it landed upside down. But I think that has now been uh, superseded by one that said it did land, it precision landed. Moon sniper yeah. is kind of uh, not the yeah, I would have gone for. Yeah, yeah it's it was, very it's action oriented. Yeah, very James yeah, Bond. It's very, sort of. 
Yeah, early 2000s action film. The, like, mid-budget action film. Right. Or it's yeah, the they're... secondary title to another movie, After a Colon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they have yet to release the Jason Statham module uh, <laughs> on this moon sniper mission. Is a moon sniper is a moon sniper someone who shoots the moon, or shoots at the moon at people on the moon, right. or shoots from the moon to people who aren't on the moon, or shoots think, people on the moon from on the moon? I, it's, I think it's the latter, is what I'm picturing. Like you come I think up it's there, the you're third like third one. Yeah, me fuck, too. There's a moon sniper. No, <laughs> abort, I, think, abort. I think the moon sniper is someone on the moon with a very powerful gun that shoots people on Earth from above, okay. yeah, yes. or in space, or yes. people approaching the moon. This is way, not related, but it is related, and I love how I'm going to take your science podcast and turn it into um, reality show trash. Let's but do it. I absolutely let me just tell you that if you're ever switching uh, mental health medications and you're like, I shouldn't go outside, um, it's really good to just zone in on something stupid. And I w- happened to watch a whole season of Love Island in such a time, <laughs> and there was a girl on there who was committed to telling everybody but the moon was larger than the earth and um <laughs> wow it was one of my most the confidence in which she shot people down who disagreed <laughs> with her i was like what is it like to live that way yeah <laughs> I, I haven't i haven't done uh is love island a competition Show? Yeah, it's it's uh there's one in the I only like the accent ones. No disrespect to the people who've worked on the Love Island America. Go you, but I love the UK and Australia. Okay. What's what's your go-to 90 Day Fiancé franchise? I've never watched 90 Day Fiancé. Oh my god. I feel so alone. Franchise as in there are like colons after it's like 90 day fiance colon moon sniper. Like there's moon sniper, yeah. yeah. My favorite is moon sniper. No, there's be, there's before the 90 days. Oh, there's, oh, oh. there's 90 day fiance the other way. There's happily ever after. There's moon sniper. There's a lot of them. And I uh, tried to watch one and it, it made me feel sad. Yeah, yeah. No, it'll, it'll absolutely. Yeah. What's is the premise? I've not watched any of it. I know there's a guy with a thick neck. Is that the show? Yeah. Okay. So is the premise that they come to this and say, listen, I've been unlucky in love. I want an arranged marriage. Or what's no, the premise? The, the premise is it's uh, the it follows the K-1 visa process. Oh. So, so if you have a partner that you're sort of sponsoring that moves to America, you have 90 days to get married so they can become a citizen. Oh. Uh, or they have to return home. That's It's a 90-day visa, the K-1 visa. And... Uh, so it's, it's interesting and weird because it's a, some people are trying to like scam their way into the country, like obvious sort of weird catfishy type stuff. Um, everyone involved is a train wreck because it's self-filtering. It's people that are willing to be on that show. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's a mess, man. It's an absolute mess. It's just like, it's like watching the DSM (laughs) five just on television every day, you know? Um, it's amazing. And I also, this is so weirdly, I got into that during like an SSRI switch. Really? Yeah. I was like, very interesting. I was like, I'm going to hunker down and watch TLC. It's time. And now, oh, I'm all in on below deck. I'm all in on 90 day fiance. I've seen them all, baby. (laughs) Oh, I watched a bit of below deck when, uh, I was back in London and that's the one about pooping outside, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 (laughs) 
No, it's yeah. a, it's it's a yacht. It's, it's the yacht counterpart cruise? to upper deck, which is yeah. you know where you do it in the in the right, tank. That's what I figured. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be uh, a pooper over the side. That's what I think. Yeah, on the plank. That's over the deck. Poop on the plank. Poop on the plank. Yeah, because it is the poop deck. Sure. Which um, is, I forgot, the kitchen? What is the poop deck again? It's not It's not for poop. No, that's the galley. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's the galley. <laughs> the, the poop deck just is the deck, I think. Okay. Oh, sometimes the pirate's life, you know, from like Pirates and Penzance with Kevin Klein and everybody wearing leather pants. Do you guys see that on PBS? Oh. <laughs> no, uh, no, you're like, no. it so romanticizes pirates, and you're like, they were pooping on each other. Yeah. Um, how do we get back to this? I apologize so much to everyone listening. <laughs> no, we've I know. repeatedly. I'm I sorry pre- if anyone was listening while eating. Uh, here we go. The poop Wait. deck, according to Wikipedia, in <laughs> naval architecture, is a deck that forms the roof of a cabin built in the rear or aft, part of the superstructure of a ship. The name originates from the French word for stern, la poupe, from the Ooh. Latin pupis. Oh. It is technically a stern deck, which in sailing ships was also was usually elevated as the roof of of the stern or after cabin was also known as the poop cabin or simply the poop. Oh, it's so it's like toot sweet sort of or whatever. But yeah. the mayday or bastardizations of French. And on, a, on sailing ships, the helmsman would steer the craft from the quarter deck immediately in front of the poop deck. In the, at the stern, the poop deck provides an elevated position ideal for observation. While the main purpose of the poop is adding buoyancy to the aft, on, the sa- on a sailing ship, the cabin was also used as an accommodation for the shipmaster and officers. Mm. And... Also, on modern motorized war- warships, the ship functions which were once carried out on the poop deck have been moved to the bridge, usually located in a superstructure. Okay. Right, like oh. in the in the middle, that kind of thing. I've seen there those. Yeah. yeah. Where the captain's log is, also unrelated to poop. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, wait. I'm gonna... I would... <laughs> I'm not trying to. I swear. Uh, no, I have a I have a science thing. I swear I could get us back to some science with the, with the moon thing. As we're talking about shoot the moon, it just so happens in the last week I saw that dumb meme or I, I don't know who the quotes attributed to, but shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. And like, not to be the guy who takes metaphorical things literally, but like that just just. Exemplify, like I think there are so many people who really don't know anything about space and just think everything up there is pretty close to everything else up there, and it's so much farther. And I was like, I wonder how many times the distance the moon is from us, the nearest star is. What would you guys guess? If 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 the distance from us to the moon is one, what would okay. you guess the distance to the nearest star is? Oh, the nearest star, not a solar system. Because like thing. the quote is, "Shoot for the moon. If you miss, you'll land among the stars." Even the distance like, to the sun is what the, it turns out there's a neat ratio of all these things that i just happened to find out so okay the nearest star is a hundred million times farther away than the moon oh wow and it also just so happens the sun is a hundred million miles away from us so saying shoot for the moon even if you miss you land among the stars is like saying shoot for glendale even if you miss you'll land on the sun Right. Like, it's so not anywhere near right. anything you're talking about. Right. But still preferable, which is weird. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. that's Andy Takes Things Literally Corner. Thank you for indulging. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I love it. I often think that when people say that, but I try to not, I kind of hold it in. Yeah, I'm not going to 
say it to anybody. It's just like, I, I, I was also like at a stargazing thing and someone couldn't believe the moon wasn't always, the moon wasn't up that night. She's like, wait, where? No, what do you mean? It's nighttime. The moon's I'm like, you think the moon is always out at night? Like, how, how did you get through 30 years of life? You haven't just been outside at night and like noticed it's not always out. Like yeah. people just don't know basic things. Yeah. No, they don't. I don't. I mean, sometimes I don't know basic things, but, um, uh, I do, you know, not those, not basic. Right. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do know with some confidence that the moon is smaller than the earth. Yes, sure. I did. Yeah. I didn't I'm, understand how that worked. I'm amazed at how little we know about our bodies. Like, uh, where it's just, you know, like if you if you walk down the street and I think asked a bunch of people like, where's your spleen? What does it do? Like the oh, I'd, be, <laughs> right. I'd be in trouble on that one. Me too. Right. Spleen, right. I think but, would be. But that's like in us. That's not even like outer space. That's like all up in you. And I'm just like, I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just weird to me that that like I don't even know how I work. So don't ask me how to explain like my car's engine. Like right. I don't like me. I don't even know me. Yeah, like I, uh, you know, Same. I got nothing. Like, I I learned what uh, a pancreas did at some point. And I guess that's blood sugar related, right? Is the main thing. The pancreas makes insulin. Yes, no, it doesn't. doesn't uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah uh, pancreas is insulin. I'm ninety yeah. percent sure. I'm now googling it to make sure we're not saying something wrong on the podcast again. If you wanted to uh, see somebody's pancreas without an X-ray, if you wanted to do mm-hmm. some surgery, um, you'd probably need some tools. Uh, tools which, you know, uh, at least as far as I know, in Eastern Asia have only existed for, what, 5,000 years probably? Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> I feel a transition coming on. You might be surprised, Jesse. Oh, oh, what are yeah. you talking about? It turns out. Uh, no, tools are so new in Eastern Asia. Yeah, I was just, yeah. I think, that's an interesting fact, I think, I wanted to put out there. <laughs> well, actually, I beg to differ. Uh, it turns out that oh, oh. 45,000 year old tools and bones reveal earliest sound. evidence of Homo sapiens in Eastern Asia. This is per sciencealert.com. Fragments of ancient rock and bone in Eastern Asia are changing our understanding of the history of human migration. Their artifacts found in the Xiyu site of northeastern China. A new analysis has revealed they were created by Homo sapiens some 45,000 years ago. Sorry, Jesse. It's the earliest mm. evidence of modern humans in eastern Asia, suggesting that Homo sapiens were established at Xiyu by then and provoking a new interpretation of the cultural artifacts previously found at the site. The site reflects a process of cultural creolization, the contact between societies and relocated peoples, Blending inherited traits with novel innovations, thus complicated the traditional understanding of Homo sapiens' global expansion, explains archaeologist Francesco Dierico of the University of Bordeaux. Oh. Xiu has uh, been known for decades as a place of archaeological significance. It was inhabited for a long time. The sedimentary sequence is 30 meters deep, and the layers therein were deposited over over tens of thousands of years. Buried in the sediment, archaeologists have found a rich assortment of tools and artifacts made and used by the people who live there. Establishing who those people were and how long they lived there has been an ongoing project. The first excavation in 1963 yielded thousands of objects, 15,000 stone artifacts, thousands of pieces of bone and teeth, and one single hominid fossil, a piece of skull bone identified as belonging to Homo sapiens. However, most of the collection was subsequently lost. Nice work, guys. What? Mm. Including the skull fragments. I'm always, I'm always losing my skull fragments. Yeah. This is embarrassing. Undeterred, scientists undertook another excavation in 2013. 
led by paleoanthropologist Shizhu Shizhu yeah, Yang. Un, un, undeterred, it's not the poop deck, by the way. Sure. <laughs> Uh, of the Chinese Academy of Sciences, an international multi- multidisciplinary team has now worked to characterize this site in detail. Um, they selected a large number of the available artifacts, analyzed them closely. They studied animal bones found at the site, and they performed new dating analysis using radiocarbon and optically stimulated luminescence techniques to accurately date samples taken from different sections. Uh, the data revealed the very oldest layer of the sequence was deposited around 45,000 years ago. And the analysis wow. of the artifacts revealed a range of technological skills, such as the level Y technique, as we all know, for napping stone. That's K-N-A-P-P-I-N-G. Nap, oh, yeah. So you got to you nap your stone. Nap your stone. Darn, darn your socks and nap, nap your stones, stones. I, always, I always say. And uh, that stone napping was developed in Europe around uh, 250,000 years ago. What is this technique? I want to, it's, it's, a, it's a link. There's an HTML. Oh, it goes to the uh, Wikipedia page. It's a name given by the Levelois technique is a name given by archaeologists to a distinctive type of stone napping developed around 250,000 to 300,000 years ago during the Middle Paleo- Paleolithic period. It's part of the Mousterian stone tool industry and was used by the Neanderthals in Europe and modern humans in other regions such as the Levant. It's named after 19th century finds of flint tools in the Levelois Paris suburb of Paris. The technique was more sophisticated than earlier methods of lithic reduction involving the striking of lithic flakes from a prepared lithic core. A striking platform is formed at one end, and then the core's edges are trimmed by flaking off pieces around the outline of the intended lithic flake. This creates a domed shape on the core known as a tortoise core, as the various scars and random form and reminiscent of a tortoise shell. When the striking platform is finally hit, a lithic flake separates from the core with distinctive plano-convex profile and with all of its edges sharpened by the earlier trimming work. How is that different from... I think this is a, a, a cause for YouTubeification. I'm checking it out on YouTube to see if I can see someone doing the level technique. I, I, I sort of get it. I'm surprised that stone does break in the way that that animation shows on Wikipedia. Oh, I see. On Wikipedia. Okay, there's a little laminate. So, so you're, you're making like little indentations all around the outside of uh, of a semi-flat stone, and that enables you to more easily shear off the top of the stone to make it sharper. To get okay, like that an makes arrowhead sense. sort of a... Yeah, so say you've, you've got an... Say you've got something that is going to be an arrowhead, and it, I'm just trying to describe it to the people who are just audio only, and I'm not looking at the link, although we will put the link in the story. Um, so say you've got like a, a sort of rounded, semi-flat stone, and you want to make it thinner, and therefore sharper rather than just trying to shear off the top surface to make it thinner, first you kind of hit all around the edges, um, all around the outside, and then that makes it easier for the top to shear off. So you're making like this kind of like tortoiseshell-shaped bangs all around the all around the, the, the edge and the front, and then that helps you kind of shear it off. Okay, that's interesting. Like, that's different. I get that I now. feel like I that's good for that's... us to know. This is a helpful thing for when we go back to... After the next apocalypse. Yeah. yeah, these are all... I'll be watching some of the people who didn't listen to this episode or read this Wikipedia article who are just trying to bang their rocks on the stone and go like, you got to love and love this one. Yeah, really. we're out here flint napping, y'all. Yeah. yeah. I'm always, when I'm at a friend's house and they have unnapped stones, I'm out of there. I'm out of there. <laughs> no thanks. I bet there's someone listening who's like, these guys don't know about napping. He's like got just stones in his lap as he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah, this How is what he listens to when he naps. You guys yeah. are just going through life with unnapped stones? Jeez. 
But now I wonder, did you guys ever uh, eat at a Bill Knapp's restaurant? I think it was a Midwestern chain. I have not heard no. of it. I have no. not. Sort of like a Bob Evans or a... Uh... Not heard of that either. Are you Uh-oh. just making up names? <laughs> you guys don't have Bill Knapp's or Bob Evans. Have you ever ate like a, a Rob Saunders? I don't even know what we're talking about. Yeah, I, Bill Knapp's. I, I, I know all it's about. It's a bit like a Jimmy Black's or a... <laughs> or a Sarah Sadie's. Yeah. I mean, it's it's no Sarah Sadie's, but it's uh, no Bob, Bob Evans. Of, I'm, I'm very. I don't believe any Evans. of these other things exist either. Wait, no one's heard of Bob Evans or Bill. Knapp's? No, I have. I've, I haven't. I, no, okay. Bob Evans. I got one up the street, but I haven't heard of Bill Knapp. Anyway, I was just wondering if Knapp might be one of those names like Cooper or Fletcher that I just didn't know was a job-based name. But now I'm reading about the demise of Bill Knapp's on uh, on Wikipedia, the downfall section. Did he go show. to sleep? Stop! No. Oh man. No. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, there was a listeria outbreak in the early ni- 90s. Oh, wait, really? another another reason for the shift away from made-from-scratch philosophy was a listeria outbreak in the early 90s. Okay, I guess they were about made-from-scratch, and then they ceased to be that once uh, they saw the reason you can't scale that. Um, and then by 2001, uh, Bill Knapps tried to reverse course by announcing that the tradition is back. But by then it was too late. Oh, Bill Knapps. It's been gone for 22 years. I had no idea. Hmm. Anyway, he's back to just whacking stones, I guess. Well, that's what you, yeah, that's what you gotta do. Yeah. (laughs) There is also, by the way, some some of our listeners, some of our Japanese listeners may be more familiar with the Yubitsu technique, which was proposed by Japanese scholar uh, Yoshikazi in 1961 based on his finds in some upper Paleolithic sites in Hokkaido which date from around 13,000 BP. What is BP? British Petroleum? Yeah. <laughs> I've never I've never heard of BP as a as a timing thing. BP is? I mean oil is changing everything. Yeah. Oil investors yeah. really own everything. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably before petroleum. So in the year oh, of our okay. shell 1900. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the year of our shell. Okay, so Rather, rather than using AD and BC, which like knocks around two thousand years off of our current date, un- weirdly unnecessarily, if you're an archaeologist and you're talking about significantly longer stretches, BP simply means before the present. It's the number oh. of years before the present, oh. because the present changes every year. Archaeologists, by convention, use nineteen AD nineteen fifty as their reference. What? Ridiculous! <laughs> I had no idea. I had no I had idea. Ridiculous. I had no idea about either of those things. So they, they should have worked they, that into Indiana Jones, and we all would have learned something. <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. Massive failing on George Lucas and Steven Spielberg's part. <laughs> massive failing. They, they, they just froze the concept of the present and made it the past. Like what a weird. <laughs> yeah, but but you know this is something. Archeo- yeah, you're you're talking like fifty years. Or I know. So. But, I guess, but I guess still. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> At a certain point, I guess, as archaeology continues for centuries as a scientific discipline, that will become more and more silly and no more of a stretch than going BC. Yeah. Huh. But, yeah. There we go. I love that I learned about napping the level law technique and BP today, though. These are all... uh... Yep, and that's all that we talked about. Everyone remember. (laughs) That's the only... That's that's it. (laughs) The only subjects brought up, so everybody just remember that part. Yeah, well, we should wrap up the main episode. We'll do an extra story, you know, full of. Well, I know, I know the Patreon patrons like some toilet humor, so we might put some of that in in <laughs> their bit. 
But I mean, that that was a, a huge amount of this episode. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it was mostly napping. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah mostly. Yeah. I'm going to guess 81%. <laughs> pretty clean stuff, so I don't really see the issue. <laughs> uh, but Leah, where can our listeners find you and everything you're doing? Um, all my social media is at Leah Bonima, which is at L-E-H, B is in Bravo, O, N is in Nick, N is in Nick, E, M is in Mary, A. You got to spell that when there's M's and N's, you know? And then check out our podcast. They co-host with Nicholas Layton at Were You Raised by Wolves? And that, that's a family-friendly podcast as well. Family-friendly. <laughs> it's G-rated. Guess and what? then you, you can poop. check out my comedy, which is most certainly not that. Um, <laughs> so go... Do check out those. You can find us, probablyscience.com. That's the website where we put all our episodes up and also links to the stories we cover and our links to our Patreon and PayPal uh, websites, whatever you call them, accounts, so that you can help support the show financially. We appreciate that, and you'll get some extra you get some extra content as well at a certain Patreon level. You can find us on Twitter at ProbablyScience. You can find us individually at Andy T. Wood, at Jesse Case, where you can find a picture of snow with spray paint on it, and <laughs> at Matt Kirshen. <laughs> and you can email us if you have any questions, comments, clarifications, stories you would like us to cover. ProbablyScience at gmail.com is the address for that. But uh, for the main episode, Leah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you yeah. so much for having me. This was so fun. And listeners, see you next time. Bye.